Hello, friends, and what is up? I am Daryl Smart, and welcome to Smart Sports Podcast. I hope you're all staying safe out there and having a great week so far. This week on the podcast, I have the pride and joy of Selkirk, Ontario. Jack Fibbs, like many hockey players, had his junior hockey career come to an abrupt end a few weeks ago when the Ontario Hockey League, like everyone else, was forced to shut things down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Jack was playing in his fourth season with the Flint Firebirds, and he and his teammates were poised for a big playoff run before the season was cancelled. But it's not all bad news. Jack recently announced that he would be continuing his hockey career with the University of Waterloo Warriors. Jack, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. For, first of all, congratulations on a great junior career. Uh, one year with the Brantford 99ers. We might as well give those guys a plug and the GOJHL <laughs> <laughs> and four with the OHL's Firebirds in Flint. Uh, have you been able to kind of take time to reflect? I know before we hit the record button, you've got lots of time on your hands right now. So have you been able to reflect on it a bit? Yeah, big time, actually. Obviously, Brantford is awesome, developing me a little bit, getting me ready for play with the big boys in Flint. But uh, obviously, obviously, spending my last four years in Flint, that's where most of my thoughts are coming from. And Oh, absolutely. With all the posts and stuff about the season ending and all the older guys moving on, you get all the thank yous and all the nice texts and stuff. So getting all those, it starts to sink in a little bit. You start to think about the good times and stuff like that. And it was a hell of a ride, I guess you could say. That's for sure. Was it, and and I know it wasn't the way that you guys kind of wanted it, uh, but you guys ended up with a 40-21-1 record, and the 82 points was a franchise record. And you guys, you have to be really proud of what you guys apl- accomplished as a group this year. Yeah, we had a really strong team, and not only did we have a really strong team, but just a team full of great guys. It was an unbelievable dressing room. Everybody was so close, and yeah, it was a it was a tough way to end it. But there's some things in life that are a little bit bigger than hockey, and everybody's health and safety is a little bit more important right now. That's so well said. But just, just talking about the dressing room, like, like what kind of a makeup did you guys have? Like, like you're saying, a good bunch of guys. Like, I guess that's what it comes down to. Like, you could have all the skill in the world and stuff, but when you have just good people, that, that's got to go a long way. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, honestly. Yeah, you get in the room and stuff, and it it sounds terrible to say, but like you're not even really playing for the coaches or the management or even like the logo. You're playing for the guy sitting beside you. You wanna? We were in the mindset that I want to block this shot, so every when I get back to the bench, nobody's disappointed in me. I want to do everything I can to help the team win, and so with having that mindset and just wanting to be do anything you could to help the team. It was, it was a little ingredient that really drove us as the engine in us, I think. Uh, so that was really the feeling of the room this season. It was just a real togetherness, eh? Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was really cool to be a part of. Have you ever experienced anything like that in the in the previous years of playing junior um, hockey or even, even in your minor hockey days? I was going to say... Um, not, nothing that's close in junior hockey. Obviously yeah. with success and stuff, it just built a better camaraderie in the room and stuff like that. Uh, but in minor midget, when I was in Welland, we had uh, Ben Fox, one of our better players. He went down with a, he had a stroke, actually, on the ice. Oh, I remember in that. In August in our training camp. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah. Pretty big news. And our team actually rallied really well. We all gelled. We all used that, kind of. And that, that built us a little bit, so... 
I can kind of compare it to that. Different situations, obviously, but yeah. similar. Just everybody bought in and kind of did it. That year, we were doing it for Foxy, knowing he wanted to be with us and stuff like that. So we had something to build on, something to work towards. Mm-hmm. Was there something, not, obviously not to that magnitude, but was there something that kind of defined you guys this year? Like, was there just, the, or was it just a really great mix of guys or was there a theme of the season? You know what I mean? Where, where it was just kind of set in stone where you're, you're playing for the guy yeah. beside you. Uh, it's actually crazy. I think we had, what was it? 21 losses. I think our team had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think seven or eight of them came when Delandria was at world juniors. And then he had a hand injury and I think we lost two or three more. So we had, Nine of our losses were without one of the, if not the best player in the league. So yeah, that just that just tells you that's nine games that could easily been won too, but we're short-handed and stuff like that. That's so crazy. That just tells you. I think that just speaks a little bit to how good we actually were when we were all going with a full lineup and stuff. And it's obviously tough to play with a mm-hmm. shortened bench in your league like you know, Oh, absolutely. Anybody can win, and yeah. Well, especially in in your conference, or even uh, you guys are uh, you guys are stacked. Like it is so deep. Like you guys uh, had an Western eight- conference was ridiculous. Oh well, and you guys have eighty two points, and you're you're fighting for third place. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's pretty crazy. That says a lot about the division or the conference, right? Yeah, it was crazy. I think like it was just past Christmas, it was like January ish time. There was a thing. It was goals for in the CHL, and the top two teams were. Sarnia and Sault Ste. Marie. I don't know who's first and second, but they were ninth and tenth in our conference. The two worst teams in our conference, and they had the most goals for in the CHL. That's insane. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that, crazy. That is insane. And again, it just kind of speaks to the conference, right? And, mm-hmm. So, what was different this year opposed to other years? Like you're talking about, the, um, like the chemistry of the team. But what was different? Do you think? Yeah. Um, Mid last year, we had the coaching change. They brought Eric Wellwood in as yeah. head coach, and we went through a lot last year. Actually, just yeah. injuries and everything. We couldn't we couldn't get a bounce if we tried. It's just one of those things that nobody even really realized like what was going on, how it was happening. It was insane. But we all knew we had a we had a really good team. It just nothing clicked for us that year. So yeah came into this year and it was like we we knew we weren't second last place team last year yeah like we were going up against Guelph last year and I think our last game against Guelph late in the year in February or something they beat us 6-5 in overtime yeah like we were we're still a good hockey team we just couldn't catch a bounce so I think we had the belief that we could be a really good hockey team and then obviously we got off to a good start and it was just kind of a redemption tour we're giving it back to everybody who's given it to us the past two years and Mm-hmm. We just had something to prove. Chip on our shoulder. Yeah. Well, and you know what? You play better with that chip on your shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, a, you, yeah. That, that Michael Jordan documentary that's going around now, and that's all it is. Is he? He always had a chip on his shoulder. That's what made him so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of brings you back to the dressing room a little bit. How you could see him in practice. He just keeps everybody so accountable. He doesn't even care yeah. what they think of him. He is winning every, winning at all costs. Well, exactly. Pretty cool to see. And just talking about your team, and like even last year, you saw a little bit of everything, like with the coaching change and stuff like that. And you, you weren't around for the year before you came to Flint. And that's when uh, there was a lot of controversy with the team. When you arrived in in Flint, 
were, were you worried about all that or were you just kind of, you uh, know what, I'm here and everybody, everything just kind of settled in? Yeah, exactly. I, I, after that year, I'm pretty sure the league took over. Yeah. They kind of, they're pretty tight on watching everything for the next two or three years. Yeah. But I think we had a really good group coming in. We had six or seven guys uh, that were just kind of bought in. Like we were ready to come in and we wanted to, Yeah. we, we kind of wanted to be a part of the change. We wanted to build a culture there and change the reputation I guess they had it was a tough first look I guess in your first year you don't want to go through stuff like that but what does that mean to be able to change that culture you think it was obviously a group effort obviously we had five guys throughout the first four years and that was me Delandria Osby Durham and Holmes Mm -hmm. Holmes he left us in November he ended up going to the Remparts in Quebec yeah so there's four of us and it was just every day just preaching positivity and team everything's team oriented everything's everybody's involved everybody's got to be a part of this if we want to build this change this and yeah i think you'd preach it for so long it's it just started to become everybody was buying in everybody wanted it and if you didn't want it it was kind of like okay then what are you doing here like Mm -hmm. you either want it or you can go like there's no like there's no options really yeah, yeah. Special. and that goes a long way and and again that it almost seemed like you guys were really building for this year mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure it was we had a lot of changes actually in the staff too we got new trainers yeah. equipment managers everything was just it i would say this a hundred times flint is unbelievable one of the best grand organizations in the league and you get treated like you're an nhl player it's incredible i say nhl but i don't know if it's nhl <laughs> they get treated their budget's probably a little bit nicer than ours but you you feel like a pro hockey player because you don't do anything you just have to yeah. worry about playing hockey and stuff like that it's all first it's class pretty, eh? pretty nice it's all first class. Yeah, awesome. That's great to hear, and, and especially for kids. And again, there's a young kid from Simcoe that Ryan Van Net that was drafted by Flint. So, at, if he's listening yeah. to this, he probably has a lot to be excited about. That's for sure. Yeah, I talked <laughs> to his family, but they were asking me some questions, and I pretty much just told them like, "You're lucky. Like, nice. Flint is the real deal, and every kid that got drafted there should feel pretty." pretty excited and want to be a part of that. That's awesome. And I, I, his dad, Mike's a, a, a good buddy of mine and he was saying that he was talking to you and it's a, it's good to hear it right from someone that's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just going through the season, were you guys aware of some of the franchise records that you guys were hunting down during the season? Like that you, you at one point, and I think it was in February or January, February, you guys had a 15 game win streak. And then you guys ended up winning your 37th game of the season, which, again, was a franchise record. Were, were the, these things that you guys were aware of? Um, to be honest, I don't think – I think that going into the season, I think our longest win streak was like three games or something Yeah, done like that. And then I, I think we won five in a row twice before the yeah. big streak. And then you kind of get on the streak, and it's, it's a weird feeling because I think we broke like – probably 10 records while we're on the streak. That's incredible. You, eh? you get on, you get hot like that and it's just crazy. Everything seems to just bounce your way and go your way. And it, it, it's pretty, it, it's crazy to say, but like you couldn't even explain some of the stuff that was happening. It was just, I, I can't even put into words. It was so cool. And 
it was so easy for us at that time. Everybody's everybody's playing well. Everybody's putting up points. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And just kind of with that said, it's almost like karma. And with what you were saying about last season, where you guys were, you could feel that you were there, but you just bounces and just little things weren't going your way. And then all of a sudden things were going your way and it's almost like karma hits. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We said karma a lot, actually. It was kind (laughs) of our, kind of our, we said it as a joke a lot. We were actually a pretty, pretty loose team. Yeah. Yeah. Like to have fun, like to keep it loose. Everything was pretty cool around the room until you get on the ice and you know, it's time to work. But in the dressing room and stuff, we were pretty, Pretty relaxed, pretty pretty fun team. So yeah, we we had a couple little sayings we like to use to get a good lap. And you were able to feed off some of those uh, jerseys, like those Flint Tropics jerseys. Those pictures of you, oh, yeah. those things are sweet, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're pretty legit. Everybody, that's kind of the game of the year that all your buddies are texting and asking you to send text the jerseys before they get released and stuff like that. <laughs> The whole day, it's like a celebration in Flint. It's, yeah. it's unreal. That's awesome. <laughs> so during that, during that stretch or anything, did you guys put any pressure on yourselves? Or how were you approaching um, things? Were you just kind of do, grinding it out like you usually do? Or was there a little added pressure knowing that there were some records on the line? Or was it, like you said, you, you guys were breaking so many that it just came easy? Yeah, I, well, it's crazy to think, but I think we started that streak and we were like 22 and 18 and we were sitting in like six or seven spot in the West. Yeah. So it just became just a mentality that we can't lose. Like if we want to have a good spot, if we even want to be in the playoffs, we don't have a good spot in the playoffs. Like every team in the West is winning. So we just got to win. Yeah. And then you string together five wins and other teams are still winning. So you just keep that mindset that like we have to win or else we're just, if there's a time where if you lost a hockey game and another team won, you drop two spots in their standing. It was, yeah, that's crazy. It was insane. So, yeah, that's kind of the mindset we had going through it all. Is we can't lose. So <laughs> that's kind of what pushed us. It was more of a game-to-game mentality, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. And almost playing, you guys almost seemed like you had a playoff mentality already in January. So, <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Just kind of like a, it's that mindset that just put in your mind anything, right? Yeah, exactly. And we didn't have a, we obviously picked up uh, three guys that played in the finals last year and a couple of guys that had some experience, but a lot of our team didn't have much playoff experience. So we kind of said that coming into the new year, we had a team meeting and, or right after the deadline, we had a team meeting and said like, we got to start playing playoff hockey now because yeah. a lot of these teams know what it's like. They've been there. They've done all of them. We have a lot of learning to do, so we kind of treat it like that, too, is kind of our mindset throughout. Well, just to prepare yourselves for it, right? Yeah, exactly. So as the playoffs were approaching, uh, your mission was obviously the uh, OHL title and a Memorial Cup, and and almost <laughs> from afar you guys were really believing in yourselves, uh, like you, what you were saying. and like, What's that like? to have that belief in yourselves it's, it's pretty special it was a you could just feel it in the air from training camp you, you just knew something was happening something's yeah. brewing up this year and we we had a fun group of guys and a funny group of guys so we had a little bit of swagger <laughs> to us where we we didn't really care who we were playing we expected to win we didn't yeah. care if we were playing the london night we were going in before the season got paused or whatever uh-huh. We were on our way to London to play at the Bud, and I can honestly say I don't think one person on that bus was 
even worried about like playing the London nights at the bud it was just we we're going there it was like as a business trip we we're going there get our two points we we're heading home like it was kind of a swagger like that where we didn't they had to play us we don't have to play them that's got to be a great feeling especially heading into the playoffs like that eh yeah we were such a big heavy team all the, you knew all the teams like gms and stuff our game would come in and say like teams are like teams don't want to play you guys you're just, you're just a tough team to play we play hard mm-hmm. we had skill we just just a bunch of pests out there too it was, it was pretty fun it was i'm happy i was on i was wearing the blue and orange actually I, if i wasn't i would be it'd been a tough couple of nights i think uh, just uh how does it well and with that said it's got to be pretty disappointing uh, like you said before we hit the record button you were able to kind of let it sink in a little bit but how far how far did you guys think you would during into the playoffs i should say we had all belief we every single person in that room believed that we could be playing in cologne in the memorial cup without any doubts we yeah. were we were full belief we had no doubts in our mind that we could do it if we all bought in played the right way so it was yeah, it was a tough the way everything ended, but as yeah. I said, it's a little bit more important things in life that are happening than playing hockey, and that's just that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And just you personally, you had to have been so happy with your season as a whole. You know what I yeah. mean? Like <laughs> that's a you had a pretty yeah. uh, like statistically, you you had a great year. You had sixteen goals, twenty two assists, and. And I think the biggest one is that you were a plus 13 out there yeah. and obviously one of the yeah. team leaders. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty, obviously I, I don't play like a big offensive role. I'm more yeah. of a, I play, I go, I go up against the other team's big boys and shut them down. That's usually my, usually yeah. my uh, task for most games. So to get rewarded offensively, obviously it felt pretty good, but the past two years, actually last year, especially, I think I played 30 plus games. On the back end, I played defense. Yeah, never played defense a game in my life, and I came <laughs> back in the OHL to play thirty-two or thirty-three games on defense. That's crazy. So I think that kind of yeah, a lot. You look at the stats, I guess, and you go like, wow, what what changed over one year? And I can say like I played full year forward. I guess got some chances rather yeah. than battling on the back end where. I was going into games just going on the ice, praying to get off the ice, <laughs> not, not getting scored on. That yeah. was kind of my mindset. That's so being good. able to just play your natural, yeah, with injuries and stuff, that's the only reason that happened. But to yeah. play your natural position and be able to kind of play again, it was it all just kind of came together. And obviously, with a good team, you have a little bit more success. So it, yeah. everything just kind of went for me this year. It was pretty, pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, you got to be pretty pumped about the plus 13, though, eh? That's a, is that something yeah. you totally took pride in? I bet. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's there's some. I tell people not to look at the plus minus for the years before that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the opposite side of the depth charts. There, I think I was minus twenty. Or it was two seasons before that. So uh, yeah, it was nice to kind of get myself back a little bit closer to even to end off the career. <laughs> even it out, eh? Yeah, I was, I was trying. Anyway, it's tough. Uh, just to kind of go back to. The, Going to going from forward to defense and back to forward. Like, when do you remember when you you got the call to go on on D? Um, I I actually played. It was pretty early on. I think like ten games in. I went back because we had a couple injuries. I went back and played six or seven games, and then that's when the whole coaching change and stuff happened. Yeah. So I just kind of stuck it out back there for six or seven games, and then I finally got back to forward for. 10, 15 games-ish, and then the rest of the year, pretty much from 
Christmas on, and all our games were going down like flies. I think yeah. he had five D, and I was one of them in the second half. So that just, that just kind of, I was more of the, I was probably the most defensive-minded guy. I was a decent yeah. skater, so I they threw me back there, and I did all right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was quite an experience. Obviously, it's not what you want to do, but we it was the mentality that do whatever you had to do to win, do whatever you had to do for the team, and that's kind of what I had to do, and I did it. How shocked were you when they said, "All right, Fibsy, you're going in D"? <laughs> <laughs> did you did I, you do the uh, what the heck? <laughs> I just kind of well, it started out. I we were in practice one time, and my coach just kind of said, "Like, hey, like we have five D right now, and if anything happens, you're heading back." <laughs> and he just he just told me he said, "Like, just take a couple reps in practice here and there, just so you can kind of get a feel." And I was thinking, "Like, holy shit, are you serious? Like, this, <laughs> you can't be serious." Right now. And I wasn't a going into the OHL. I wasn't defensive minded at all. I was no. at the other team's blue line, waiting for pucks, and just mind my own business on that end of the ice. And I had to kind of change my game to play in the OHL and mm-hmm. complete complete my whole game style of game, just be well rounded. But yeah, I my minor midget coach Scott Barnes, he got a good kick out of that. He said I could barely get you on our side of the blue line in minor <laughs> midget. Here you are playing defense in the OHL. It's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> was it were you able to prepare for that at all like it, was there someone that kind of helped you along the way to play that defensive style like even when you were in Brantford I think it was it was yeah. a Wes and Rexy yeah so was did any of those guys influence you to to kind of play that more defensive forward I know you you were a pretty uh, you're a pretty big offensive weapon for them but how did they prepare you for that yeah they were they kind of they were more showing me the ropes of uh just junior hockey and major junior. I think they're a little bit harder on me because I, I guess, I had the feeling that I could play at the next level. So yeah. they were just kind of getting me ready. I was starting to penalty kill and stuff and junior boot, just stuff that I wouldn't regularly be doing. Yeah. And we weren't a great team in Brantford, so I got a lot of reps on the power play, and I was playing first, second line minutes. So I wasn't yeah. wasn't too big of a defensive thing because when you're putting up points and stuff, I don't I don't think many people in any junior hockey situation they're not going to care too much what you're doing if you're producing and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was more my first year in the OHL when it was like if you're not playing good defensively. It's, you're not going to play. Like you're not even going to dress. You're going to be sitting in the stands because yeah. they won't. They can take. They can't trust you. Put you on the ice. Like that's just unacceptable. And you had to learn. And you had to learn pretty quick. For me, I had to learn pretty quick. It took me. I think my first year, I got scratched two times. Two times pretty early, and I was like, "Holy, like they they're serious here." And yeah, just tells you how I kicked her into gear a little bit. Started doing extra stuff after practice with the coaches. Just trying to learn, trying to do everything I could. And it ended up working out. I found myself in a nice defensive role and penalty killing and doing all that fun stuff for the next couple of years. So just, yeah, it was just hard work and just exploring. Like, you had to be open to these things. Like, yeah, you can't be a scorer everywhere you go. You had to be ready to play different positions, play different roles. And yeah, that's what it took when you got to the next level. How easy is it to do that? And, I, and again, you're, you were a 16-year-old playing on the 99ers and, and of course, sixteen-year-olds get a lot of attention in the GOJHL. It's not necessarily an ego thing, but it, it's more of a like, hey, I have to prepare myself for that next level, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's just I like tough thing because it's like you want to be team first, team everything, and that's always been kind of the mentality for me too. Like I'm a team guy; I'll do anything for the team. But at the same time, like in junior B, when 
junior B is not where you want to end up. Like you want to go higher. You got to take care of yourself. And that's when you start thinking like, I'm on a two on one here. I could shoot. I could pass. That's when you start thinking, I got to shoot this. I'm shooting this and mm-hmm. doing things for yourself a little bit to kind of, kind of give yourself a chance. Cause if you don't produce like that, like I signed in Flint the like right after my season in Brantford. Cause yeah. I had a great year offensively. They thought I played well. They thought I was ready to play in the OHL and, I get a lot, a lot of that to Wes and Rexy too. They kind of, they kind of let me off the leash and let me do whatever I, yeah. do whatever I could. And it's kind of, I actually played on the same line as Isaac Nurse, who's the yep. captain of Hamilton this year. So we were yeah. line mates. So we were both kind of in the same boat where we both want to play in the OHL the next year. And I think that's kind of that that helped us yep. in the long run. That's for sure, especially when there's two of you with that goal, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I think it's crazy to think that me and I, me and Ike, we both made it to the OHL, did well there. And another 16 year old with us, Graham Scanlon, he's playing Division One hockey right yep. now. This goes to show you how good of a development league Junior B is. It's just prepared all of us. I think Scanny ended up playing another year in Brantford, and then he went to Brooks. Yeah. He went from there. But yeah, it's just that Brantford was so good to us. It was, it was a really good, really good experience for me. That's awesome. And after playing in the uh, with the Southern Tier Admirals system, uh, you were drafted in the seventh round, 133 overall by Flint. And what were the ex- expectations once you saw your name pop up? And uh, like it, we were talking about Ryan Van Net and ha- see, having his name pop up this year for Flint. And when when you look back at the OHL draft and uh, you remember seeing seeing your name. What was kind of the expectation? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty hectic day. The OHL draft's pretty crazy, actually. Anything's yeah. happening on that day. I was, I was going into that. My agent and me were talking, and it was, most teams had me pegged third round, where I was. Everybody was kind of thinking I was going. That's what I was slotted, I guess you could say. And yeah. a, a couple of rounds go by, and you're sitting in the fifth and sixth round, and I'm going, like, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And I finally got got the call in the seventh round and Flint wanted to take me and obviously that was Flint's first draft actually so it was kind of like who's Flint like what's Flint doing yeah my my agent said like this is a really good landing spot for you they had Ryan McLeod who went in the first round and everybody knew he wouldn't be reporting because he's really played for Mississauga yeah so they said Flint could be really the best spot for you right now just a great situation I mean yeah, me and my family just kind of looked at each other, had a little conversation, and said, like, yeah, let's do it. Flint. Nice. Yeah, so I was uh, talking to Van Nettens. I was talking to them, and you go later in the draft, and you got you got to kind of keep your doors open because it's usually the first, second, third rounders are usually your, the guys that will get a shot the first year, maybe, first, yeah. second rounders for sure. So you kind of got to keep the OHL door open, but you want to keep the NCAA door open as well because yeah. you never know. you got to got to give yourself the best chance to do anything. So I was kind of getting ready. I was talking to some schools, doing all this in my in junior B. And I actually signed with Carlton Place, who has a really yeah. good program, really good head coach in Ottawa area. And I signed ready to go there for my second year. And then Flint came in with some contracts and all that stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, it all worked out. But I told them to kind of keep all your options open because – you never know, and yeah, pretty, well, pretty crazy, pretty special. Though when you look back at it, say you're drafted the OHL and playing that league, it's, uh, it's an honor for sure. Well, and I was just going to finish that uh, that thought up with uh, 
Uh, when you were drafted, do you think did you think you would have the really good junior career that you did have, and especially four years yeah. in, in Flint too to boot? Yeah, obviously uh, draft day, you just kind of everything's kind of exciting. Like even though I went a little bit later, it was kind of like okay, whatever. Like I got drafted to the OHL. All my friends were we had a little party after, and they were just in awe. Like everybody, yeah. you, wish, you dream of getting drafted to the OHL, and it was pretty special. But to play four years in Flint and do what we did and kind of build what we built, it was super special. And I'm super, super happy that I got to spend all my time with one team, especially Flint. I think that's pretty, pretty special to me. That's for sure. Being able to do that. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, and and just with that said, uh, now you're moving on. Uh, last week it was announced that. Uh, your playing career is definitely not over. Uh, you're going to the University of Waterloo to play with the Warriors. Uh, how excited are you about that? And we were talking, and again, we were talking before, most most underrated league in the world by far. Uh, you got to be really excited. Yeah, I am super excited. They have a they have a great setup. I, from what I hear, uh, Owen Burnell, who's from Caledonia, he goes there. He yeah. plays hockey there on the team, and he has nothing but good things to say about there. And you're also going there and you're getting a piece of paper from one of the best schools in Canada, which is all right, too. It's a nice little bonus, I guess you could say. Well, trying to further your hockey career, you're getting a great education, and that's kind of what I wanted going into it. It was a great education to be able to put myself in a position to play pro hockey after. That's awesome. And I wanted to be a little bit closer to home, so Waterloo is perfect. That's awesome. Uh, What are you going to be taking? Uh, Sports business. Nice. called something along those lines. This thing, the, the this thing grows a little bit bigger. You'll be my business guy then. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what was that process like to, for Waterloo? Yeah, there's actually kind of hectic actually because there's it's like there's actually quite a few schools that are messaging you and texting you and calling you and stuff like that. So I had a bunch of good options, a bunch of great options, and for me it came down to. Uh, whether I wanted to stay close to home or if I wanted to go to mm-hmm. a further spot, whether it was out east or up north towards Ottawa, way, all those places. Yeah, good. yeah. Because all the schools are pretty much, you're getting, I mean, the schools that I was thinking about or whatever, it's all good education. You're getting a great education. So for me, it was somebody I could talk to, like Owen Burnell, who just told me nothing but good things about Waterloo. Yeah. And then how close it was to home. It was just. Yeah, everything I've heard from Waterloo to just a beautiful place to live. Great, great town. Um, I got a couple friends that go to school, whether it's at Waterloo or Laurier, and they love it there. So that's awesome. Like everything just kind of worked out. And pro, I'd never really. It was. I don't think I would have signed an AHL deal or anything like that. I was. If an NHL deal came across my desk, I might tell you something different. But yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, to still play really good hockey and be able to get an education and a piece of paper to have after after you're still playing really good hockey, as you said, and one of the most underrated leagues in the world. Yeah. You get to get a piece of paper along with that because hockey's not going to last forever. and You kind of got to be ready for anything. You never know, like boxes we're talking about. Like, yeah. You would have never guessed. You just drop, have a stroke. Like, you never know. Like, you just got to be, be ready for anything. And you get a piece of paper, and I think everything feels a little bit more... Like yeah, a little bit more. Uh, you can handle things a little bit easier. You got a, you got that in your back pocket. It's a little bit nicer. I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and then that's a perfect way to end it. And uh, congratulations again on a, a, a great junior career, and congratulations on signing with the Warriors. Uh, it's obviously a great choice for you, and it's a perfect fit. And 
We'll be definitely following you through your four years or five years at uh, Waterloo. Thanks a lot for doing this. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. And everybody listening, just stay safe. Stay inside, I guess, until all this can get figured out. Crazy oh. times. Crazy times in the world. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. It really is appreciated. Please head over to the Smart Sports Podcast Facebook page for more local sports news when it happens. Remember to like and share the page and post so we can continue to make Smart Sports Podcast the place for all things local sports. Thanks again for listening. I am Daryl Smart, and I will talk to you later.